I know it might be a little distracting to focus on a good message today with this kind of sweater on. But just know I'm carrying Father, Son, and Holy Spirit with me, okay? It's the stockings. And he's an all-consuming fire. So it's the hope in Jesus in me, the hope of glory, okay? Fire my belly burn, okay? There, you guys squared away now? Now you can focus. What's that? The brick, he is the cornerstone, of course. <laughs> hey, I hope you're having a good day. Um, man, what a powerful worship. Um, I, I can't, I can't, honestly, I'm like Destiny, I can't sing You're Worthy of It All without falling apart a little bit. And um, just focusing on some stuff. Uh, can we pray for a few things? And um, then we're going to end with just, just giving him some some glory. Um, man, I, Nicole started the service, and uh, 50% of our church comes in after the intro of, of church. So we're going to let you guys be a part of some intercession right now as well. Uh, but we're going to pray for Kentucky, parts of Tennessee, the, the parts that were pretty devastated with the tornadoes and storms and just tragedies over the weekend. Uh, they are still looking for folks. Also, there has been some people in here sick. There's been illness running rampant through homes. Uh, there are so many people out uh, even this week and last because of illness. So we're thankful that you guys can watch online, one including my daughter. Um, but also we've had some, um, some, some folks pass away. We have people in here uh, right now that lost their mother, that lost a husband. Um, so there's been some tragedy as well and some difficult losses. So can we just pray for a moment? And then let's give God uh, glory. Let's just give him some attention. Um, as we were singing that, I couldn't help but think, the Messiah was born, and I know we've referenced this over the last couple of weeks, and we're gonna, I'm going to do it again next week. But as the Magi, the, the wise men found him before anything, before the gifts, before any busyness, before any consumerism, before anything, they bowed down and just worshipped him because he's worthy of it all. Um, so I'd love to intercede just a little bit of some things going on and just give him some space for a moment before I start. So, Lord, we just bless and Lord, we just ask that you will shine a light, that you will reveal your love, your goodness. In Kentucky, Tennessee, and, and the area struck by storms and devastation and tragedy and loss of life, Lord, we just bless them right now. We, we pray that the church will rise. We pray that you will be glorified, that, that you will create uh, possibilities to shine a light for you, to, to meet physical needs, emotional needs, and spiritual needs, Lord. Lord, we thank you for the hands and the feet and the, the workers and the first responders and those that are serving there in the devastation right now. We pray for the families that have lost everything. We pray for the families that have lost loved ones. We just pray that you do as you promised, that you'll give a peace that's beyond any understanding or comprehension. And we pray that you dispatch angels there. And we pray also and lean on your promise that your Holy Spirit will comfort, that you will be a comforter and a guide in this time, Lord. Lord, we pray for those in this church that, have, that are fighting illness and, and, and issues and even COVID, Lord. We, we just pray healing in the name of Jesus right now. Healing in those homes where people are sick right now. Healing in bodies. Whole healing, whole body, whole emotional, whole, whole spiritual healing right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray that you again comfort and give peace to those who have lost loved ones in this season in the last few weeks, Lord. Lord, we thank you. No, right now we just turn our hearts to you. We turn our affection to you. So in your own way, in your own heart, just begin to worship him. Lord, we know there's devastation. We know there's disappointment right now. We know there's letdown. 
but you are worthy of it all. And your presence is the fullness of joy. So we ask for joy right now. You give shalom peace, so we ask for peace right now. You are the God of hope, so we ask for hope right now. Well, we pray for just even little seeds of faith for the things that we're longing for. I, I wanna pray into something specific. There are a lot of families here that, that long for, for children, that long for babies, that have had promises of babies. Can we pray for fertility and, uh, and they will be fruitful and multiply even when the doctors are, are not full of promise? I'd love to pray into that. And those of us who have children, it's hard for us to relate to this. Um, but I want to pray on behalf of those who long for their own blood children. So Lord, right now we just pray that as, as you've given a gift and an opportunity for us to be fruitful and multiply, and you say children are a gift from you, they're an inheritance, Lord, I pray for every couple and every future couple here, Lord, that long and want babies. And we pray and we ask for that. We believe in that. We stand on those promises and those prophecies that they will have babies, that, they're, that, they, that they will be fruitful, they will multiply, they will raise children, Lord. We thank you for that. And Lord, if, when there's disappointment each month, when there's that longing each month, when there's that, that, that heartbreak each month, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you just continue to give encouragement. You continue to give faith and you continue to give hope. And Lord, we just ultimately rest that you're so good. You're so good. You are worthy, Jesus. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy, Lord. We bless you, Jesus. minister to your heart right now. Just turn your affection, your thoughts. We're just going to be still and know he's God for a moment here. busyness in the world, we just, we settle the distractions right now. We silence the distractions right now, even in our own thoughts, our own, our own minds, our own to-do lists, our own checklists. And Lord, we ask that you just fill this place with your presence. Fill our hearts, Lord, with your spirit. Fill us up. Let our cups run over. Let it overflow, Lord, in this house, in our hearts, in our homes. You didn't come to this earth to be a trophy. You didn't come to this earth just to do great exploits. Lord, you came to the earth to be an ultimate sacrifice and to conquer death, hell, and the grave for us. Anything that takes us off that right now, Lord Jesus, we pray that you silence right now. Let us focus on you when we are to worship. Let us focus on you when we're to hear your voice. Let us focus on you in the times of busyness and distraction. Let us tune in to what you're saying, Lord, even right now, even me, Lord. Pray that you bless my lips, that you allow my heart and my, my lips to convey what you want to speak to your body, to your bride today.
Will you just put a hand on the person next to you or in front of you? If you're at home, we're just going to pray for you as well. Just put a hand on your heart. Just begin to bless one another. I feel there's just a bit of a heaviness here. and Lord, we just thank you. You know every need. You know every distraction. You know everything that we're going through, that we're journeying through. We thank you that you're victorious, that you rule and you reign. That you rule and you reign, Lord. We thank you for victory. Just begin to release hope in this room. Begin to release hope. Lord, we thank you, Jesus. You're so good. You're so good, Jesus. We bow down and we worship you, Jesus. Oh, we pray for hunger. We ask for more hunger. We ask for an anticipation of what you have promised, of what you have, of who you are, Lord, your very being, Jesus. We pray that we can't even wait for the next time the church is opened or, or that, that next prayer meeting or worship meeting or, or Sunday service or small group. Lord, we can't wait because we know you're going to do something amazing and extravagant and good. That next time that we're in our car alone and we can just blast the music and just totally praise and worship you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for the call to intercession. We thank you for the call to prayer. We thank you for the call to being hungry for our word and for you to grow in us, Lord, for your gospel, Jesus. Lord, we thank you. Whew. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Oh, wow. That was cool. I want you to know you're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone for what you're going through. Not, not just because Christ is always with you, but you're not alone because you have a, you have a, a family here. You have a body here. And, and, and so many people here are going through things that others have been through that are now testimonies, that are now uh, uh, prophecies for you to have that testimony or a similar one. So anyway, we're, we're just thankful. Good to see my brother here, had surgery. He's, I saw him doing jumping jacks, warming up for church today. It was pretty cool. It's a little weird, it was in the bathroom, but it's okay. <laughs> totally just made that up. I did go around with a megaphone this morning. By the way, the ugly sweaters, if you missed this morning, we had a connection event before church. We tried to get the word out for you. And uh, my wife, who was absolutely extravagant and beautiful, is a little, uh, little elf kind of thing. I don't know. <laughs> Christmas joy. Spreading, spreading Christmas cheer for all to hear, right? Uh, but anyway, I had a megaphone. I was playing around with it. And... Um, my brother and I have a similar Sunday routine, and I went in the bathroom to look for him, and I was going to shout out so loud with that megaphone if I saw him in there or saw his feet in there, and I didn't. So anyway, uh, Luke 2, can we go there before I just totally get off track here and start rambling? Luke 2. Um, I, I hope by the end of today, we can start um, just leaning our heart to Jesus continue leaning our heart to Jesus for who he is. He, he's speaking in this season. He is speaking to us directly. He's speaking through prophets. He is speaking to his church, to his bride, to his believers, to his sons, to his daughters. And the shepherds followed the signs. The wise men followed the signs. 
But I want to focus on uh, one story and one part of the Bible of the Christmas story that maybe somebody didn't follow the signs. Somebody missed the mark a little bit and uh, might adjust a little bit of history uh, as consumerism has taken over and nativities have, have taken over. You know, the wise men and the shepherds weren't there at the same time, okay? The shepherds found Jesus pretty much when he was a baby. The wise men, he was a toddler-ish. He was a child. So when, he was a ch when they saw the child. So the wise men actually took a couple years for them, him, them to find him, okay? So, so anyway, there's sometimes you see nativities with both. So we might clear up a couple things with uh, the, the, the hotel that didn't have any uh, reservations available uh, to Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Um, but anyway, I wanna start there, but hopefully we'll land somewhere today that we can make room in our house for Jesus, that we can make some space in our life, in our need, in our uh, victories for Jesus. So Luke 2, one through seven, it says, in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Cornelius was governor of Syria and all went to be registered, each to his own town. They were taking a census. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was on the, of the house of the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed fiance, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Now a manger is a feeding trough. It's, it's basically a trough that we use for angels. So we draw the conclusion they were in some type of animal area, whether maybe the lower level of a house at that time in a, in a, in a cave or, or a space cut out from rock, or maybe we picture at times like a barn or, or, a, or, or an animal space like a shed or something, right? We have a chicken coop, and all this time I've thought about it. In the time, it was likely a cave-type structure or, or with dug out of a cave, but it was an area that we're led to believe because of the manger that it was with animals, okay? Then it says, because there was no place for them in the inn, and, and I just wanna, I wanna go here. So this is a chaotic time. Basically, they're having to go on this journey because there's a census to be taken. And, and I find it kind of interesting. You know, so we have the king that's, that's issuing uh, basically every child under two to be killed, and they're taking a census. The census were, was for taxation. It was for money, all right? And, and, and to kill Jesus, it was really a fight for authority. So here we have a government system of greed that's wanting the money and also people that want the authority and they know the prophets, they know what's happening, they feel it in the climate, they feel that there is a disruption of power and there's a disruption of authority so they're trying to over-govern and overstep their bounds to, to basically step into culture, step into even what the destiny is supposed to be of Jesus as the Messiah to die for us, right? To be the promise fulfilled. Anybody relate to maybe some things going on in culture right now as I'm talking? So there is a fight for greed, authority, power, money. There's all these things going on, but Jesus still came. Let me just say this. It was a time of chaos. It was a time of, of, of honestly, some devastation, some hardship, some hard times. And he's in an area, Joseph is in an area that his family's a part of. So, and he had been there for probably a couple days even before they gave birth. So you would think there's a family willing to open up their home for Mary, his, his fiance, to give birth to the Messiah, right? So we've always read this like, oh no, they went to a hotel. Well, actually it's, it's a little different than that. The, the, the word that comes from the word in is actually uh, Cataluma. 
And it's actually not just translated as, as an inn or a hotel is what we would think. It's a room for lodging. Or it might even be translated, another definition would be a guest room. There was no room in a guest room. There was no space in this home for them or this, 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 this home or this family. So then they, they gave birth in a manger, likely in an area with animals. Now, I just want to push into this just for a little bit, that no matter our situation, no matter what's driving us from thing to thing, or no matter our trial, they are obviously in a trial. Like, like Mary is ready to give birth. Ladies in here, how many have had children? Would you want to do that next to a cow? Or a donkey, the sounds or the smells? Like, I'm trying to play the right music while Nicole's giving birth. I'm trying to like make sure the smells are right. You know, there's, there's candles and there's these things that they coach you through and, and everybody we just prayed for, we believe you're gonna get to experience this too. And you too would not wanna be next to animals and, and dung and feed and all of these things and sounds and smells, but this is where they ended up. And, and, and I just, I have a couple things here. So in this chaos, in these trials, in this time of need, Jesus still came. Let me just remind you, remind your situations, your kids, America, that even in times of hardship and issues and trials and circumstances, Jesus still comes. He is still here. He is still alive. He still rules and reigns, and he is still the promise that was fulfilled then as much as he is today. So when you're getting down in the dumps and you're starting to lose hope in America, you're starting to lose hope in humanity or the world, let me just tell you this, Jesus shows up and he doesn't care where it is and he doesn't care how messy it is. He is not afraid of your mess. He's not afraid to dig in your dirt. He's not afraid to reach in your past and throw it on the bottom of an ocean floor. We think, well, we're not good enough. I heard Joyce Meyer say once, I was helping Chloe prepare a message this week and, and helping her deliver that for her school and she had to present to her class. She got a 99 out of 100. Good job, baby. She must take after her mother. So I, I reminded her and she was talking about um, the woman at the well and Jesus intervening and one with all. By the way, where's, did Jason already step in and step back out? Total rabbit show right now. But Jason and Kelsey, they've been watching online for a couple weeks. They had a beautiful little girl named Madeline. I might get to meet her today. Pretty excited. Um, but he was just taking pictures, and, and I was in the middle of a point, and I didn't call him out. Uh, but also, Maudie and Autumn had a little beautiful girl named uh, River Joy. So if you're watching online, we love you guys. And we had family in Mexico. Maudie's sister gave birth to Catalina hours before uh, her cousin was born uh, at River Joy. So uh, Jasmine, she stayed here a few months, interned with our worship team, stayed with us. She's like a spiritual daughter to us, but her and her husband David had a little girl too. So lots of girls, lots of babies being born. And uh, man, we are just receiving that as a promise for the rest of you, all right, all of you, okay? Dad and Patty, give me another brother, okay? <laughs> Don't you laugh like Sarah laughed. It, it just might happen. Now, anyway, let me get back to the point. Your mess. That was like a really good, serious point, and I just totally went back to my ugly sweater moment here. Here's the deal. I heard, I, I was giving this to Chloe, and Joyce Meyer said once, you don't have to uh, be clean to take a shower as much as you don't have to get your life together to come to Jesus. 
There's so much truth to that. We think, well, he's not gonna come in my mess. I need to fix some things. I need to turn this. I need to turn this around. I need to start this. I need to maybe start giving or I should quit smoking. Let me just, just, just help you relax a little bit. Jesus is way better at dealing with your junk than you are. You come in, you submit, you let him love you, you turn your heart to him, all of a sudden, boom, he will change you from the inside out and you're not like this little shiny cup or vessel that the Bible talks about being polished from the outside but still rotten on the inside. So let me go to my next point here and then we'll, we'll move on. So, so anyway, this room at the end in this chaotic time, Jesus still showed up. He still shows up in our mess. He still shows up in our environment. He still shows up in our culture, in our kids' schools, in those boards, in those politicians. He shows up. Let me just tell you the power of intercession and the power of prayer. Nicole says, in this time of need in Kentucky, she's like, do you think it'll turn people more towards Jesus or push people more away because of the devastation? And I said, well, my prayer, my, my thought is it's gonna turn people more towards Jesus because it gives the church and the believers an opportunity to step up and show the real Jesus. I'm gonna get there in a minute. Let, let me move on here. So this first holiday uh, at, at this inn wasn't the first holiday inn, all right? It wasn't the first Holiday Inn Express either. Uh, it was probably a room. It was used for lodging. So, so here's the thing, but Jesus came. And let me just say this. There's just one more point on this part of the story. And he was rejected before he, they even met him. Jesus was rejected even at the foretelling of him, even when he's coming to find a space to, to be born into. Mary and Joseph are in this search and she's in labor and she's ready. Like you can just picture this, right? And they're, they're in a town of Joseph's family. They're in a space, they're in an environment where, where you know, even uh, the moms of that time, the women of that time would make room for even a stranger in birth because it's a, it's a, it's a place where women help each other. And it's a culture where, where most of them almost all are midwives and they, they would open their home to even a stranger. Yet Jesus being born, Mary and Joseph couldn't find space for him to be born into and end up with animals. Now, now here, here's the thing though. He was rejected before they ever even met him. And I don't know about you, but there is a system, there is people that I know that are rejecting Jesus before they've ever even met the real Jesus. Why? Because the church and believers have presented their version of Jesus of condemnation and judgment and hypocrisy and Sunday version church or, or the portrayed version on the TV trying to sell anointing cloths and oil. I, I'm just being honest. Over the last few decades, we have not given a good representation of who Jesus really is. So people are rejecting the world. Sons and daughters that don't know they're loved by a king yet are rejecting a Messiah because they've never met the real Messiah. They've met the Messiah of the church who wants all their money. They've met the Messiah that, that speaks this message and preaches this, but then behind the scenes, they're cheating on their wives. That's, honestly, that's so many people who have met that Messiah. They've met that believer. They've met that church. So they're rejecting a Jesus based on the perception of who he's not even the nature of. This is an opportunity. As a believer, as a son and daughter, as we encounter a Jesus who is loving and amazing and powerful and miraculous, and we get to sing, he is worthy of it all. My life isn't about me as much as my worship isn't about me. 
My wife, my life, my wife, my wife is not about me. My life is as much not about me as much as my worship is not about me. I don't come in here and worship because I love every song. I love how loud it is. I love the key they sing in. I come in and worship and I bow before a king because he's worthy. Lola, we don't sing your favorite songs in here, do we? There's some of you in here, you're used, you grew up, there were heartstrings that were pulled when you were saved that are not the songs we're still singing today. We go back. We go back and tie some of those ends because we know the power that's in them and the, the theological uh, substance that's in some of them. But the reality is I don't come here because I love who's on the stage or, or I love the sound or, or I love whatever. I, I come here and I show up in the front row and I bow down and I open my heart because he's worthy. I give my life at work because he's worthy. I do everything as under the Lord because he's worthy. I am the same at home as I am here, as I am at the fire department, as I am on the, in the barn because he's worthy. My life isn't mine, it's his. Now, do I have bad days? Yes. Do I wanna be like that woman with the fish on the back of her car flipping off that truck driver? Maybe sometimes. I don't act on it, but sometimes. This is a little bit in there. Sometimes. I do unto the Lord as much and as best as I can because there's something on the inside of me that wants to get out. And freely I receive, freely I give. And I can't give something I don't have. So my life is as much mine as much as my worship is about me. It's his. And if we would operate like this and encounter the Jesus and make space for him and allow him into our home, guess what might just happen? I might be that Christian that actually reaches the anti-Christian person or the anti-Jesus person or the hurt person or the one that the word references like this. The earth is moaning and groaning for the sons and daughters of God to manifest. The earth is moaning and groaning and it sounds like abortion. It sounds like these confused people, these sexual identity issue people. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like those people who are flipping other people off. It sounds like those people that are full of hate. That is the earth moaning and groaning. It sounds like people full of fear, full of fear of an illness, a pandemic, a, a political system of an agenda, of somebody else's agenda coming in and trying to change their agenda. And then all of a sudden it's, ah, that's the earth moaning and groaning because they don't have Jesus or they don't have the Jesus who is who he says he is, the real Messiah, the real Jesus, the real savior, the real creator, the real healer, the real prince of peace, the real mighty one, the real alpha and omega. Isaiah 9, 6 says this, for unto us a child is born. The prophet Isaiah is prophesying, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's part of the God 
who is who he says he is, who is who you need, who is who the world needs, who is who your kids and grandkids need. That is the God of the nature of 951 other titles and natures of who he really is. Let me, let me move on. Revelations 3.20. He's knocking. He's trying to show up. He's looking for space. He's looking for a room. He's looking for a place to dwell. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. What an incredible invitation. We get to dine with the king. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne, as I also conquered and sat with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to who? The churches. The Lord is saying this to us as individuals. He's also saying this to the churches. Let Jesus in. Let his presence in. Let his Spirit in. Let the gifts in. Because once it gets in, it has to get out. It's all it's as easy as it is. He's like, just open the door. That's as easy as it is. Just open the door. Open our heart. Open our time. Open our space. This week, I was, I was struggling. Like, I had these notes. I'm like, man, I'm just not feeling this. I don't know if this is it. <laughs> Nicole's like, have you asked Jesus what he wants to speak? I was like, No. I get excited about something. I'm like, yeah, that's it. And that feeling, I'm like, okay, that's, that's what the Lord wants me to go with. But I actually never created space and time to pray into what he wanted to speak, say, and convey today. Why? Because I'm busy. I'm just being real with you. How many of us go through our day-to-day lives and we get to the end of the day and we maybe don't even realize we didn't pray, we didn't get in our word, we didn't worship. I try to start my day like that, at least in my night like that, because that's the start of my day. But there's some days that I just go from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing, and I get to the end of the day, I was like, man, I didn't have any time with you today, Lord. Or I've not spent time with you for three days, Lord. This is your pastor speaking. I'm, I repent, I'm sorry, I'm not perfect. But, but in the busyness of life, I, I'm bivocational. I have a full-time job at a fire department. I'm a pastor, dad, husband, hunter, crossfitter, coffee connoisseur. There's a lot of things that I'm part of, okay? But in the busyness, just like all of us, sometimes I'm not making space for the king of kings who should be center of my heart. Who at the beginning, before anything happens, bow down like the wise men and just worship. Obed-Edom. Let me, let me just read this. 2 Samuel 6, 9 through 12. Let me give you the context for this. God puts it on David's heart. David's supposed to, to make space. The Ark of the Covenant's coming through. One person just died because they mishandled it without the reverence of who God is. The Ark of the Covenant represents God in a sense, but his presence, okay? It represents this, this reverence, this awe of God, okay? And now suddenly they have this, this space to where now a guy just died. David's looking for some place to basically store the Ark of the Covenant as they're preparing the tabernacle and, and prepare the tabernacle. First, second, second Samuel 6, 9 through 12 says this. David was now afraid of the Lord, and he asked, how can I ever bring the Ark of the Lord back into my care? So David decided, can you imagine operating in this level of conviction with the presence of Jesus? 
So David decided not to move the ark of the Lord into the city of David. Instead, he took it to the house of Obed-Edom of Gath. The ark of the Lord remained there in Obed-Edom's house for three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and his entire household. Another word to say this is in another context is it blessed his entire household, his kids, and generations. Then King David was told, the Lord has blessed Obed-Edom's household and everything he has because of the ark of God. So David went there and brought the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with a great celebration. Imagine hosting God's presence. Imagine hosting the Lord in awe and reverence for just three months and it blesses your entire house and everything that you've ever had and ever will have. How many want that kind of blessing from God? Set aside three months, post Jesus up in the center of everything in your life and your house and let's just see what happens. What would our marriages look like? What would our home look like? What would our finances look like? What would our children look like? What would our sphere of influence look like? Acts 16.31 says this. It's not gonna be on the screen, but it says, they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved and your entire household will be saved. When we submit to Jesus, and we make room and we serve Jesus in the way of his worth, in the way of how he's worthy of it and, and the, the honor and the lifestyle that he's due. And I'm not talking about performance and striving and trying to earn things. I'm talking about just abiding in his presence. I'm talking about an awe and a wonder and a majestic relationship and a communion with the Lord to where we fall short, but man, we love Jesus. It's like Philip and Stephen, it says they weren't educated men, but you could tell they had been with Jesus. I want a life like that, that when I walk in a room, people are like, something's different about that cat. He's been with Jesus or something. Man, what's going on in his shadow? That, that's how I wanna be. What would it look like if, if we surrender in such a way? Well, the Bible's saying our entire household will be saved. Our entire house will be, will be blessed. Our, the generations to come will be blessed. That's the submission, the submissive lifestyle of Jesus' followers. Let's go to John. I'm gonna end with this. Andrew, you can come up. John 14. I was just gonna read a few scriptures here, but as I started to read this through the week, I was like, yeah, we're gonna do a bunch here. So we're gonna read 23 verses. Is that too much for upper room? Okay, good. Because we're doing it anyway. At least I am. You can go on Instagram or whatever if you want. Nicole's like, I was already there. (laughs) Listen, buddy or somebody needs help out there, go. All right. 14, 1 through 23. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Now, Now, let me give you the context. They're actually having this moment in the same context of the room where there was no room, there was no lodging for Mary and Joseph. That same word is translated here in the space where they're currently at having communion. This is fun. It was the same, it translates to to the same word as, as when they're in the upper room or so many times when they went to rest or pray, but also communion. So, so anyway, here, here they are in this space. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. He's preparing a place for us. 
and in his house are many rooms. There, there's a, is it audio adrenaline in, in my father's house? Big, big house. Check out that song from the 90s. That's a fun song. Big house with lots and lots of rooms, right? It's this fun thing. It's like a big yard where we could play football. It talks about a table, right? That's the place he's preparing for us. And now here's the good news. Here's the fun part. You remember how I said he'll dig in your mess? He'll throw your history out and focus on your destiny as far as the east is to the west and the bottom of the ocean floor. No matter what you've done with your house, he's still preparing a house for you. No matter if we've welcomed him in our house, he's still preparing a house for us because he knows you for who you were created to be and who you're called to be and who you're anointed to be and who you're destined to be, not who we've, we've ended up being. But today's a good news message because Jesus is the, is, is the good news gospel. He's the good news God. And no matter where you've been or how long you've been there, Jesus came to this earth to reconcile us back to the Father. That's the whole plan, that's the whole gospel. Sin separated us from the Father, the fall of Adam and Eve, and the destruction all the way through when Jesus came to the earth was a separation. It says nothing can separate us from his love, but there's a disconnect and there's a verse in the Bible that says sin separates us from God. That's in connection with God, not his love. So suddenly as I'm journeying down this selfish, self-absorbed, sinful nature, I have a disconnect in my relationship with the Father. We're gonna read into that here in a moment. But, but here's the deal, he's never stopped loving me, he's never stopped loving you. He died for you. He came to the earth to reconcile us back to right standing, righteousness, right standing with the Father. That's the good news. I messed up this week. Good news, Jesus came, conquered death, hell, and the grave. He died for me and he resurrected for me and he welcomes me in eternity and he forgives me every day and every day is a new start with me. That's the good news. Let me read on. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am and you know the way to where I'm going. No, we don't. Now these are disciples who had journeyed with Jesus. They had been with Jesus for a significant time now. And I love Jesus' question back, but he says, no, we don't know, Lord. Thomas says, we have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through who? Jesus, the Messiah. He is the heaven ticket. <laughs> he is the abundant life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He, no, we can't get to heaven. We can't get to the Father. We can't get to righteousness. We can't get to hope. We can't get to joy except through Jesus and him coming to the earth, him coming into our heart, him coming into our lives, our homes, if you had really known me, you would know who my father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. I love Philip. Lord, show us the father and we will be satisfied. <laughs> You're sitting having communion and conversation with the Messiah that you've seen him in operation by now. And he's like, yeah, we've not seen the father. Show him him and then we'll be satisfied. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? What a gentle dad. He's not scolding Philip. How frustrating that must be if you're Jesus. <laughs> Philip, really, man? Are you serious? Are you an idiot? <laughs> That's kind of how I think I'd be, right? Unfortunately. But Jesus, in his kind grace and mercy, he's like, Philip, he asked him a question. 
And he says, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own. This is something for us to live by, including Facebook. The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Bantering on Facebook usually doesn't end well. Invite him to coffee, reveal the love of Jesus. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even what? Greater works, yes! Because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I'll do it. So that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and he'll what? He'll do it. I want my life to bring glory to the Father. I want my heart, I want my speech, I want my conduct, I want my purity. I want my example, I want my work ethic. I want my servitude. I want my attitude. I want my positivity. I want my hope level, my faith level to bring hope and glory to the Father. If you love me, obey my commands. Can I just rephrase that for a second? If you love me, then you'll do what's right. It's not do what's right, then I'll love you. Again, it's not clean up your act, then I'll love you. Get your life right, then I'll love you. Quit sinning, then I'll love you. Fast more, I'll love you. No, if you love me, then this is the fruit of that love. This is the life of Jesus. This is the life that pleases Jesus. And it's not out of works. It's not out of earning. It's not out of, I'm just gonna try to do what's right because this says so. No, my heart has encountered the Messiah who is love. God is love. And out of that is, is, is the drive, is the inner um, uh, notion, is that conviction to do what's right because of love. And how many know the greatest foundation to transform somebody and change the outside is love on the inside? And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. Who is it? Holy Spirit, activate. He leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be with you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Now that is an amazing line right there. That is an incredible verse. Jesus is basically dropping the seed that he's about to go to the cross. He's telling him, I'm about to leave you, but I'm not gonna leave you as orphans. He says, I'll come to you, I'll be with you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans, I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live in you and you also will live. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who what? Love me. Again, love is the motivator. And because they love me, my Father will love them and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Now, can I, can I just be honest? Let me rephrase, uh, let me just say something Josh Haas always says. Josh says in every relationship you have three things. Anybody remember them? Passion, intimacy, and commitment or covenant, all right? Passion, he says, is how fun it can be. Intimacy is how close we can be. 
And commitment or covenant is what we have when the first two are a little low. So there are days where like you are in love with somebody and you are buying flowers, you are doing those dishes, you are, you are meeting those love languages because of the, the love, the passion, right? And the intimacy, the closeness, because you wanna please. And then there's other days like, yeah, I don't feel like, I'm actually mad at this person and I don't feel like taking out the trash. But guess what? We do it anyway, because it's the right thing to do. Now, I just wanna be honest with you. Like, not always do I feel like waking up and starting my day with worship and, and word. And like, there's some days I just wanna press that snooze button, right? But there's, so there's some days it's the passion isn't there. I don't feel close. I'm still, I'm still wanting to sleep and still trying to figure out what day of the week it is and where I'm at and why it's dark out and all this other stuff, right? Those are the days that I come back on covenant and commitment because I'm in awe of God and I just know that. It's still the love is the motivator. It's not works. It's just like, man, there's some days I don't feel like going to the gym, but I go because I know it's the best thing for me. Just, just to plug that in there. I don't want this feel good, we're in a feel good society. I want it now, I want it quick. I got mad the other day because Amazon got backed up in their shipments and it was gonna be three days instead of two. Honest to truth, Chloe needed mirrors for this presentation we had worked on. They were gonna be delayed a day and we were wondering if they were gonna come in time for her school project. And I was like, what is going on with Amazon? We have Prime for Pete's sakes. Nicole, we look, we're like, we can reorder them now and just get them in time. No, earliest date was Sunday, was today. Her presentation was Friday. I'm like, this isn't gonna work, right? We're in a feel good now, instant society, that instant gratitude, instant gratification, instant thing. Now, give it to me now. Sometimes good things are worth fighting for even when you don't feel like it. It's not always gonna feel good. Going through, Nicole talked on gratitude and thankfulness even in hardship. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. But still, what pleases the Lord and is best for my heart. Let, let me finish here. Judas, not Judas Iscariot, but the other disciple with that name said to him, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? He was still a little confused. And Jesus says, all who love will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each of them. It is not just for a, a sect or one group or one race or one country. Listen, God is not just in America. <laughs> he is way beyond that. He is a global and beyond God. He is an eternal God that's omnipotent, that's omnipresent, that is good. He is a global Jesus. <laughs> he came so that all who believe in him will be saved, all. And he says he's gonna make a home for them. Listen, those enemies, those naysayers, those people in lifestyle sin, those people that, that you're just getting so mad at that you can't figure out why are they doing this? Why is this happening? Begin to posture your heart, just pray for them. You don't have to come in agreement. You don't have to come in alignment with the things that aren't of Jesus, that aren't biblical. I'm not saying that. But all of a sudden we begin to posture our heart. We say, well, Jesus came to save the world, right? John 3, 16, the world, the cosmos, all who are in it. So now suddenly a Muslim who I don't agree with, who doesn't yet know that Jesus is the Messiah and loves them and, and is their creator, right? All of a sudden I begin to posture my heart. I believe some things may just happen. What's it gonna look like if just for three months we open up our house and put Jesus in the center of it? 
What's it gonna look like if every morning or every time I'm in my car alone, I put Jesus in the center of it? Why don't you stand with me? In a moment, we're gonna ask our prayer team to come and pray with you individually, but I'd love to just pray for you. So many of us, we come in week to week, maybe chaotic. There was one week we were a half hour late dealing with a, an issue with one of our daughters. And uh, it was a discipline issue and we're trying to get to the heart of it and we're trying, we're, then we're getting mad, then we're yelling and then we're spanking and then we're yelling again and then I'm trying to be nice and then I'm coming in here to preach. <laughs> or you come in here and and there's total devastation in your life. There's hurt, there's something going on. I wanna, I wanna bring you through a journey with Jesus just for a moment here. So we, we do this in the Sozo ministry that we have. And it's basically asking um, Jesus a question, a few questions. So I, I want you to just close your eyes. I just think sometimes we remove a little distraction if our eyes are closed. And maybe you came in today, or maybe lately you've been journeying through a feeling. Maybe it's loneliness. Maybe it's abandonment. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's hurt. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's frustration. Whatever, whatever you might be feeling, just, just begin to kind of think of that for a second. Maybe something resonates. Maybe there's something there. Maybe you're short-tempered lately. Maybe you're just frustrated or disappointed let down, anxious. I want you to ask Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, when's the first time I ever felt that? And I want you to just allow him a moment to reveal to you the first time you ever felt that feeling. Maybe it takes you back to a child or a situation where you really face something terrible. time I felt that feeling. Maybe some of you, just keep your eyes closed. Maybe some of you, you're getting the image, you can see it. Maybe you can even feel it again. Maybe, maybe you even sense the smells again or the feeling again. Now I want you to ask this question. Jesus, keep your eyes closed. Where were you? When this was happening, during this situation, where were you? And I want you to allow him to reveal himself of where he was in that moment. Where were you, Jesus? Where were you? Just keep your eyes closed. How many by a show of hands, how many were able to journey through a situation there and then Jesus revealed himself? Just raise your hand. So many of you. See, let me, let me just speak here while you just kind of remain in that moment, still maybe visualizing Jesus in that moment. He was there all along. It may not be the way you thought. It may not be the way that you even think you needed in that time, but he was there. You are not alone. He still will not leave us as orphans. You are not alone. He is there. 
I'd love to pray into this just for a moment. Lord, we thank you for being there. We thank you that even in our tragedy, our chaos, our, our terrible situation, the first time we felt something, maybe as a child, you were there. You were there all along. You were protecting us in other ways. You were providing in other ways, Jesus. We thank you. Keep your eyes closed. That feeling that you first thought of, whether you visualize something or not, that feeling you first thought of, I want you just to kind of like wrap your hands around that feeling. And I want you to offer it up and just like present it up to heaven. Just with your hands, physically push that up to heaven. And now I want you to say, Jesus, replace it with, and then I want you to grab on to what he is replacing that feeling with. So maybe it was loneliness, he's replacing it with companionship. Maybe it was anger, he's, he's replacing it maybe joy or peace. So now just pull that one down and push that into your heart. There's never an even exchange with Jesus. It's always greater. So Lord, we thank you for upgrading us. We thank you for trading out anger and hopelessness and depression and anxiety frustration, hot-temperedness, whatever it is, Lord. We thank you for trading that, giving us shalom peace or joy or hope or your goodness or, or your spirit, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. All right. How many, just show of hands, how many feel a little better today? All right. Good. Um, don't forget, Jesus, he is the great exchange. He is the gift, and he was there. No matter what you've been through, no matter what sin, no matter what crappy thing was happening to you, maybe abuse or whatever it was, he was there. He didn't let it happen. He didn't allow it to happen. I want to get rid of that bad theology right now. He did not punish you. You did not deserve it, etc. But he was there, and there's other ways he has protected and provided and led you to this place right now, today in this moment. And let me just tell you, today is a new start. It's a new journey. It's a new day. And it's good. He is the gift this season. He is the gift every day. He is the gift in our hearts, our situation. And no matter what the circumstances, no matter the situation, he comes, he's there. Let's make room for him. Our prayer team's gonna come. If you need other prayer, if you need healing in your body, if you need uh, something specific, if you don't know Jesus as Messiah, and you're like, man, I, I wanna give my heart. I wanna repent. I wanna, I wanna start fresh today. Come on, what a greater day to do it. Today is the day of salvation. So we're gonna dismiss, but if you need prayer for anything, there's gonna be a few people up front. Just find somebody. They would love to give you an encouraging word, a prophetic word to pray for you, or even most of all, to lead you into the greatest relationship that exists on the planet for eternity. We love you guys. Merry Christmas. Have an amazing week. We'll see you here next week and beyond.